This is ContraCast, the show about tech, gadgets, games, and general geekiness. Welcome to ContraCast! This is episode 33, and it is April 27, 2010. My name is Paul Kwiatkowski, and with me, as always, is Mike Polowski. Hey, how you guys doing? And John Kwiatkowski. How's it going, guys? And we have a good show for you tonight. We have several different topics um, for your enjoyment tonight. The first one we're going to look at is a story in our news section that talks about uh, Jason Chen, who is the editor over at Gizmodo, who I guess was the guy who paid off the uninformed, un- undisclosed uh, informant uh, who gave them the iPhone prototype. And uh, basically, his home was raided by the police with a warrant that has been called by experts uh, illegal because... The police took uh, all manner of computers from his house and an iPhone and servers and even an email talking about how illegal it is um, to confiscate his computers. Um, basically, uh, you should read this. It's, it's, it's troubling, to say the least. In California, where Jason Chen lives, bloggers are protected as journalists, and you cannot seize computers from journalists, which is exactly what they did. What's even more pro- troubling is that the board that controls uh, these police officers, um, Apple is on the board of. So what do you guys think about this? <laughs> um, I just think it's uh, Gizmodo responding, not, not Gizmodo, Apple responding to the loss of their prototype. Apple, like, really has no uh, business doing something like this, especially when uh, they got their prototype back, and I don't, I don't know, I just think it's, like, totally illegal that they, they're doing this. This <laughs> is so absurd. This is, this is what they took. I mean, I would be outraged if they took this. They took one box of business cards for Jason Chen, one Apple MacBook uh, with a power cord, one Seagate external, I mean, it's spelled external wrong, 250 gigabyte hard drive, a Samsung digital camera, a 500 gigabyte external hard drive, California Berkeley ID card, Amex bill card, uh, a document signing, one page document signed by Gaby Darbyshire, who's uh, high up at Gawker Media, who owns Gizmodo, pertaining to invalid search warrant, <clears throat> USB flash drive, two USB flash drives, HP Media Smart Server, Black Western Digital External Hard Drive, Dell XPS 14, uh, 410 Desktop Computer, Canon Rebel XTI Digital Camera, a 32-gig Apple iPad, an IBM ThinkPad with power cord, a MacBook Pro with power cable, an iPhone 16-gig, and another MacBook Pro with a power cord. Wow, I would be extremely angry this if they took is all that, that. They took all these things, sublocation, they took it from... One room, the kitchen, a coffee table, living room, and a desk, an office area. This is basically this guy's, you know, That's living. That's house got raided. They took everything from his house. That's absurd. 
So, Detective Brawl, I am the Chief Operating mm-hmm. Officer and Legal Representative of Gawker Media Limited uh, LLC. I have been informed one of our employees last night that you entered his house without a president, confiscated four computers, two servers, under a search warrant signed by Judge Superior Court. Um, he says that you showed he showed you an email I sent him earlier that day, and I told him you tell under both the state and federal law that search warrant may not be validly issued to confiscate the property of a journalist. He tells me that you ignored him, and having been inside for a few hours, you, pers- you proceeded to remove the materials with his against uh, his protesting. Jason is a journalist who works full-time for a company. Abundant examples of his work are available on the web. He works from home, which is his de facto newsroom, and all his equipment used by there is for, used for the purposes of employment with us. This is absurd. I mean, this is, like, scary. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, not all of us are Jason Chen. We don't have hundreds and thousands of articles up on Gizmodo. Yeah. But I write, too. I mean... You know, it, it scares me that something could happen and the police come parading into my house and start taking my stuff, you know. This is just ridiculous. I really don't know what judge actually would sign something like this. You know, anybody who knows anything about legal stuff, um, they're claiming this is just overall illegal. That I mean, they're taking his business away from him. I mean, this is what he does. He works from home. All he has is these computers and... He just blogs all day and does journal work, and yeah. he can't he can't work now. There was a good write up on Wired about this whole issue, Wired magazine's website, uh, and just how illegal it is and various things about it. But it's it's worth reading, and and this article in Gizmodo, which we're going to link, is also worth reading. It has all the documents pertaining to it, um, and it's really absurd. It really is scary. But that's that. Yeah. What do we have for links of the week, Mike? Today we have four links, and so we're going to split them apart. Uh, Mike, do you want to talk about the first one? Uh, yeah, sure, Paul. I'll start us off. Um, John linked this to me earlier in the week. Um, I didn't give him too much response back about it, but I read the whole thing. It's an article about uh, Blizzard's uh, headquarters. Some, uh, I forget the name of the guy, got a tour of Blizzard. Arch Technica. Arch Technica got a tour of Blizzard, and he blogged uh, all his... Uh, Experiences there with pictures. For those of you who don't know, Blizzard is the company that's responsible for StarCraft, Diablo, Warcraft, and other such games over the years. Um, good grief, their headquarters is awesome. Oh yeah, like it was. Oh, like, yeah, it's, a, it's beautiful. Well, it's, it's amazing. It's, exactly, it's a huge campus, but I mean they've got all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, for instance, this is this is how cool Blizzard is compared to your typical company. Okay. After you've been with the company five years, you get a sword, and so they put you on the wall. You're at a you have a case that has your sword in it, and every year they change the sword. So if you were there 15 years ago, you have a different sword than someone who was there five years ago. Every yeah. 10 years, they give you a shield. So if you're with them 10 years, you get a sword, and then there's a shield on top of it. So that's how they reward. See, your typical place, they have a employee of the month, employee of the year, you know, a, a list of valued employees. Here they give you a sword and a shield on the wall. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and, like, in every room, there's, like, a big sculpture of a character from one of their games. Yeah, their games, they have art all over the place. Um, they have whole walls that are just murals. They have a full library there. Um and in the library, they have everything from 
I mean, because they do science fiction and fantasy games, so they have tons of science fiction and fantasy books. They have tons of books on coding and graphic design and games and all sorts of different stuff. And on top of that, they have probably over a thousand of the be- uh, of the best PC and console games that are pertaining to um, what kind of games they want to design. So, for instance, they have you know they do World of Warcraft, which is an MMO. They have like every popular MMO for the last fifteen years multiple copies of each so they can pop them in and test them and get the best ideas and then work them into their games. It's crazy, but it's so awesome. And on top of that, Mike, tell them about the statue. Uh, outside they got this statue of an orc riding a wolf um, from World of Warcraft game, and it's just really cool. The orc's, like, screaming. He's got, like, an axe in his hand. And on top of that, um, every employee, whenever they enter Blizzard, they get a little miniature statue of yeah, this exactly. to, put, to put in their um, office which looks really cool. And it's just like, I think it's the front of the building or something uh, for the entrance. It just, it's just like really cool. And like even the light poles have, you know, uh, banners on them with uh, World of Warcraft characters and then like five years running or whatever. I mean, this was probably taken a while ago. Yeah, the statue, um, the statue is pretty cool too. It has, basically it has like a bronze uh, compass put into the ground around it, the ground around it. And uh, at each point, there's some kind of different thing. So, like, one of them says, embrace your inner geek. Um, and one of them is, like, <laughs> the main one says, uh, gameplay first. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. And they've got a full gym inside their uh, facility. It really makes you want to go work for Blizzard. This reminds me awesome. of uh, Google's headquarters. Except that there's just, they don't have as much artwork. Um, but they do have, I mean, they have game rooms. They have... Uh, Fully stocked fridges and stuff. There's no, you know, there's there's no going to a vending machine to buy stuff. There's fully stocked everything. Basically, it's like it's like working for a company that would normally give you benefits over the years, which they still which they still would, but only you're getting the benefits as you're working there. And just like really cool, yeah. they encourage people to be geeks. Basically, um, they have um, a contest held all the time. And they always go all out with the contest. They make stages for these contests. They have elaborate costumes and stuff. And whoever wins these contests, they have rewards. Like, for example, they have a parking space that's really close that says reserved for slash loot winner (laughs) on it. (laughs) Whoever wins this contest can park in that space for a certain amount of time, which I thought was pretty funny and cool. I love how they incorporate stuff that's in their games in real life. Yeah, Um, it's definitely pretty cool. But we won't focus on this link. It's in the show notes. There's five pages of pictures to scroll through, or six pages, rather. And they're just awesome. (laughs) You should definitely check these out. Um, You'll have a good time doing it. So the second link, uh, I will get John to talk about. Can you do that, John? Yeah. Homemade Snickers bars. The second I saw this link, I was like, I have to make these now. Absolutely. <laughs> Basically, it's an Instructables um, recipe on how to make your own quote, Snickers bars, like a peanut awesomeness bar. It says Snickers, not peanut awesomeness bar. Yeah, but that's a trademark name, so you can't put Snickers it's on it. Nobody caramel. Anyway, they look awesome. And so, you step by step how to make them. Um, they look like they would be a bit expensive to make, 
They give a price for if you don't have anything, basically, but I mean, people have something. Yeah, unless you're unless you're me, and then your cooking ingredients consist of a few oranges and sandwich meat. I mean, the thing I like about this is you're making a giant Snicker bar, Snickers bar. In you're the basically making you're just cutting it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So basically, you're making like a Rice Krispies treat size pan full of yeah. like Snickers, and it's just like this huge layer. So you could cut out a huge piece, like if you wanted to. But me, I love Snickers bars, so. This would be definitely awesome to make. I don't know how much it would cost, but it looks oh, really cool. Okay. It's, uh, uh, I can totally see making these soon. Oh, and so I see what you do there. Wait, so what you do basically, okay, so here's, you make a pan, kind of like brownies or something, of, uh, of Snickers bars, but you make the insides of, so then you cut them, you cut them up into Snickers bars, put them in a larger pan, and coat them with chocolate in there. So, it's very cool. Yeah. So you should definitely check that out. Um, what else do we have in the show? It's in the links the week. I'll cover the next one. 183 HDR wallpapers. And these are amazing. Basically, uh, for those of you who do not know, HDR stands for High Dynamic Range. And photos that are shot in HDR have... Very, uh, very bright colors, um, and often feature just ridiculous levels of detail. And this post was a contest, uh, I think that Gizmodo held, and the results, all 183 pictures entered, are available on their Flickr account. And they make incredible wallpapers. So there's every there's something for everyone here. There's cars, there's pictures of people's faces, and there's all sorts of landscapes and buildings and and whatnot. But you know, and you, you, everyone will find something here. And the pictures are large enough to fit each one of these could fit multiple monitors. They're usually about 2,600 pixels wide at the very least, um, and some go up to like 6,000. Uh, but we're gonna link this. This is definitely worth checking out. You know. What HDR photography does is it basically ups the color and everything, and it just adds so much detail where you wouldn't see it before. Um, so definitely worth checking out. And, Mike, you want to do the last link of the week? Yeah, I can do that, Paul. Um, it's just a real quick thing I found at Gizmodo. It's, a, it's basically a augmented reality um, for your computer. I think it's a website you can go to. Um, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Um, the website is basically an augmented reality of Iron Man's mask. Iron Man. <laughs> so that's cool. About Iron Man Two, of course. Um, what you do is you just look at the camera, and it basically forms an Iron Man's helmet around your head, and you can like click on several things on the screen just by hovering your finger over where it would be on the screen, and you can open the mask, change the color of the mask, and then you can actually go to a section to see what Iron Man sees in his mask, and it has all these displays of, like, di- digital gauges and stuff. Um, the guy from Gizmodo who wrote the article claimed that it wasn't as smooth as he, as they show in the video yeah. that's on there. So I can't... Um, I guess it depends on how fast your internet connection or computer is. Well, I think it has a lot to do with the computer. I remember there was an Avatar promotion where you held up a Coke can to your your screen, and they show all sorts of really crazy things happening with your Coke can, because it was doing augmented reality, and 
zeroing in on the code on the side of your Coke can. Um, and in reality, it wasn't quite as smooth by any stretch. And yeah, the new thing's 3D for everybody in, in augmented reality, and it, it's just things too early right now for me for 3D te- televisions. Of course, if I was like really rich, I'd buy one. But anyway, we're getting off the subject, so I just thought that was a cool, kind of cool link to uh, check out. Absolutely. So, uh, the app of the week this week is not for iPhone OS. It is for Windows, and it's called Quest Tracker. And basically, this is, it's, it's a free to-do application. Um, you can organize things in, so like you can put work or home or school or whatever, and then you put quests into them. So it's, it's not as fancy as it could be. I know there's a website, I think, called World of worldofchorecraft.com <laughs> This would probably definitely make me complete tasks more often. Well, this is this is more like a to-do list. I, I think next week we'll do we'll review worldofchorecraft.com because there I think you're supposed to be able to get experience and <laughs> <laughs> wards and things for doing chores. This is more like um, just a, a nicely broken down to-do list. But, yeah. you know, I think we should maybe all try it for a week and see how things go, because I know that's one of my problems, is I'm good at making lists, uh, you know, in class or wherever, but I'm terrible at completing the list because I don't have anything to check off. Now, this is for Windows? What about um, the iTouch or an iPhone? Um, there's a similar application on your iPhone called... There's actually a bunch of to-do applications, but there's one I use and Mike uses, or use, we haven't installed that one, we use it much, called to-dos. I actually use that one pretty well. Really? And basically, the, the problem with this for me is that it's not up all the time, so I think this Windows one I'm going to leave up all the time, probably, so I'll be able to see it in the background, um, and I'm not sure if I can set alerts yet for it or not, but um, the problem with this to-dos one on the iPhone is that it doesn't have any kind of push notification, so if... If I could set this to basically beep at me every 15 minutes and ask me if it's, you know, completed anything, uh, that'd be cool. But, you know, give things a shot and uh, and let us know how things work. So, we have two things to talk about topics today. Um, and the first one we're going to talk about is YouTube slowly adding movie and TV show rentals from 99 cents. Mike, you want to talk about this? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, recently, YouTube has added videos to their content, and they have had a uh, pay-for shows and stuff like that. Um, nothing too great right now. I know YouTube promised to have uh, coincide with um, Warner Brothers and Liongate, Sony, and stuff like that to get you know, up-to-date movies on there, like uh, Netflix and stuff, uh, to compete with them. But YouTube has quietly added these videos to, these videos and movies to their content. Um, I don't believe they're, um, I think they're just, I don't believe they're new videos or anything to get excited about, like Lost or something like that. Um, they're definitely... They're definitely not new or anything like that. So, but they have some things. They have some, uh, you know, nothing particularly mainstream. It says there's a few indie films, Bollywood things, and documentaries, and then uh, they're viewable for 48 hours. 
But this is more and more things. So there's now a bit of anime TV shows and, and whatnot. But the, the bigger thing is that they're slowly adding this kind of stuff. So earlier, I guess this year or late last year, they added some indie stuff for the Sundance Film Festival. Um, but now they've added more and more things. And that's pretty cool. I mean, let me be honest. If, if they had, if I could go look at a clip from something and then it would tell me that I could, for 99 cents or even $2 or something, I could watch that movie right there. Um, especially in 720p or something, I'd be very down for doing that, you know. Cause there's time yeah. you're looking for something that, you know, you're just intrigued by, but if they gave you the option to watch it and you can watch it anytime between 48 hours. It'd be pretty cool. I mean, I think this would really take off, and it would certainly cut back on the number of people, you know, trying to make compilations for movies and stuff. Um, what do you think, John? I, I like the idea. I still like the idea of paying to watch a movie at all, but, uh, I mean, say, you know, you can just pay 99 cents, sit in your house and watch a movie, or pay a dollar, go out to a Redbox and get one and have to drive back to return it. I mean, I, if they have up-to-date stuff soon, I mean, I could see well, using this every once in a while. I'm not even interested in up-to-date stuff. I'm interested because I don't really, you know, later on, when, I, when I've when got a little more income, I'll be okay buying some Netflix. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. But for me right now, the thing is, I'm not looking at new movies on YouTube. Like, you know, the other day I did a presentation on Quentin Tarantino films, and I've never seen Jackie Brown, his 1997 movie. Um, and I, uh, to be honest, I'm not going to go to Blockbuster and rent it if they have it. I'm, I, I'm not really interested in going to the library and hunting for it. I'm not going to buy Netflix, but if, the, if it was on YouTube for 99 cents, I would probably buy it for a day. Yeah. Because I've never seen it. It'd be interesting. You know, I think this is, a, this is pretty cool. I, I'd like to see more of this and less of the subscription model um, for most things. I mean, I think... Gamefly is a good example of something that I'd love to see not be a, a subscription service. You know, like for I, I, you know, I don't rather than buying something, I'd rather just be able to pay them one fee and rent it for a little while and return it. Because I don't know, I'm not a big fan of of, of subscription models for anything. Yeah, it, I just I'd like to see a pay as you go plan for these kind of things. I mean, I'm all for the subscription model, and I'm glad they have it for those people who are different, like Netflix for movie buffs and stuff like that, people that actually get their money's worth out of the subscription. And yeah. Netflix, I can definitely see getting the your money's worth like that. on And YouTube's model for $4 for a month, you know, I, I guess, I mean, if you watch more than four videos a month that are more than 99 cents, yeah, it's definitely worth it to pay that, but I just couldn't. I have to see myself actually like using it, and I have to have income before I do something like that. I think yeah, there's nothing wrong with subscription model, but I just want to have the option to buy things a la carte. So if Netflix was was a situation where I could rent anything I wanted for two dollars a movie, mm-hmm. you know, stream it and then it's gone. Um, and I, I could see myself renting you know three movies a month and then watching you know, 10 TV shows, and I could see, well, I'm going to spend 10 bucks a month anyway, but this is a condition where, as long as I'm, as long as I have cable, you know, I'm not really interested in paying for a subscription to something else. Anyway, the second item of note in our topic section is our summer podcasting plans. So, I just sprung this on everyone today. (laughs) I wrote a blog post last night dealing with this. 
And basically, here's the deal. So we've been doing ContraCast for almost a year now. It's the end of April, and we started ContraCast in mid-June of 2009. Um, and things have been going really well. You know, we're doing live stuff now. Um, but I've been meaning to do more shows, and I've been meaning to do different topics and whatnot. And so I came up with the idea to do a basically three-hour block of shows live on maybe Wednesday night all summer long. And so part of that block would be ContraCast, and then another part of that block would be um, like a music show, and then we'd do a summer movie podcast, and then we've got, you know, three or four open slots for other shows that we haven't even come up with yet. But, you know, what do you guys think about that? Um... Three-hour block just of all your pod, all our podcasts and etc. I guess that sounds like a good idea. I don't, I don't know if you could do it weekly. Well, I think, I mean, if if we're doing stuff like a summer movie podcast, um, and they're all variable length, so you know, a movie podcast would go longer some weeks, shorter some weeks. I think you know, right now it's kind of it seems like that'd be a little tough because right now we we have to I have to go over to Mike's place and set up, and I have to take my stuff down. I was working on my podcasting desk the other day, and uh, I, I set it up basically so that two people could use it, or even three people pretty easily, um, with multiple computers and everything. And so I think that the idea of settling down for several hours of podcasting wouldn't be so long, you know, because if you're sitting in uh, in a desk chair and you got a drink and you got a little snack or something, it's not that bad. Uh, I really, I think I like the idea of like a everything set for one time that we do every week idea. Yeah. Because I'm not a fan of the okay, you know, which night we're gonna do it this week, which we haven't done for the last few shows, but we that was we did a lot earlier. We'd say, since okay, yes, uh, mid March, we've actually been live every every Tuesday night after Lost, which has been good. Um, but I think that you know, I mean, I think a three hour block is doable, and I think that there's enough stuff that if we all work together, you know, um. I don't need you guys to help a lot with this stuff. We can uh, we can knock things out. I think yeah. it's a summer movie show just makes sense because we're going to be going to movies all summer anyway. You know, we can just review what comes out. A music show is pretty simple because, like, you know, um, all we have to do is find what we're listening to that week, and it can be old, it can be new, and just play a few songs live, you know, um... And other stuff. I mean, uh, you know, we could do. We could finally get your design show rolling for fifteen to thirty yeah. minutes done. You know, we can do dedicated uh, app reports or stuff. But I think you know, it would just take a little bit of planning. But I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds good. So that's the works. Exactly. Speaking of, my summer starts in all of Monday. You are not fair. <laughs> you know when my summer starts? Um, a month from now. Uh, probably May 13th. Nice, so May 3rd's my last day. Not cool. How did you get so far ahead of us? Yeah, uh, Stephen Steven gets out in, like, the 7th or something like that. It doesn't make any sense, because we all have the same spring break. I don't know, I, I don't, didn't the app start before Charlotte? Of course, didn't you have, you even had a longer break for Easter. <laughs> Maybe I did. Break for Easter than we did. Yeah, I actually had an Easter break, unlike you guys. Did you start early or something? Yeah, we started, like, I think a week before you did. Because the first half of the semester was 
about a week and a half longer than the second half. Which threw, like, one, only one of my classes off, but it wasn't that bad. Alright, so what we've got left is just where we exist on the internet. And I want to set an ultimatum. I want to see if you guys agree with this. So this is show 33. So on April 28th, show 33 is going out. Yeah. June 21 is when show 1 went out. Uh-huh. You guys think we can do seven shows between now and then and, and hit our 40th show on our first anniversary? Shouldn't we get show 51? Well, if we done it weekly, but for a while there, we had every two weeks, every three weeks, you know. Yeah, I, I think we could do that, Paul. That's, yeah. that's doable. That's a goal. That's definitely doable. We, we can have a little party. I have to speed it up a little bit, six days or something. <laughs> that's the deal. So, John, where can people find out about your exploits on the Internet? You can follow basically everything I'm doing at uh, twitter.com slash j underscore quietkowski. How about you, Mike? Mike? Uh, you can find me at facebook.com uh, forward slash Mike Klowski or twitter.com forward slash Mike Klowski. Yay! <laughs> and as always, you can find me on the internet at oh, oh at twitter.com slash contraball at facebook.com slash quietkowski and coming very soon at contrapal.com. My hosting runs out at the end of May in a little less than a month. I'm upgrading guys to uh, <laughs> awesome. to to about a I think it's ten or I, I might switch host. I'm not sure if I'm going to stay on GoDaddy or if I'm going to go to Bluehost. But either way, I'm going to upgrade, hit the big time, and go seven dollars a month instead of five dollars a month. And that way, I can host uh, multiple websites instead of just one. That's cool. And exactly. So, John, you and me can start our personal brand source. Yeah. Uh, we'll announce that. We'll announce more details when that goes live. Um, and then Contrapol.com. And then, you know, several other websites that are going live this summer, too. So, we can find us there on iTunes. We are Contracast. Just search for the name of the show. If you are wondering where to subscribe to past episodes, perhaps. Um, and that's about it. Anything uh, else you guys want to say? Uh, that's it. Till next week. It's Contracast. Absolutely. See you guys next week.